Welcome back to the channel. Welcome to another episode of the Scientology Spy Files. In today's episode, we're going to cover an internal Scientology document from the Office of Special Affairs, Scientology's spy wing. And um, this document is dated May 17th, 2006. And this document is coming from the external security chief, Osa Int, which is uh, a woman by the name of Kirsten uh, Catano uh, Pedersen. She has, she's been married many, many times, and I can't keep track of all of her names. But uh, Kirsten is the one writing this document. And this document is going directly to the Religious Technology Center. And that is the organization that is run uh, directly by Captain David Miscavige, the chairman of the board Religious Technology Center. And um, this one is being sent to the Deputy Inspector General for Legal Affairs, which is a gentleman by the name of Warren McShane. So uh, let's get right into it and uh, let's pull up the document. So it says May 17th, 2006, DIG Legal Affairs, External Security Chief OSA Int, and then there are carbon copies going to WDC OSA, which is the watchdog committee member for the Office of Special Affairs, which at this time was Mike Rinder or Kurt um, Wheeland. Um, it, it's got the um, a carbon copy going to the CO OSA Int, the commanding officer OSA Int, the DCO, the deputy commanding officer OSA Int, and the investigations chief OSA Int. And it says re report. And then it gets right into it. Re Eric Geisler, May 17, 2006. I had Eric come in to see me today over his exact PT scene. That just means present time, that just means what's going on right now. Um, related to his request for a COMEV. Okay, so a COMEV is a committee of evidence. Um, Eric Geisler um, also escaped from the international headquarters. He was the visual effects uh, chief or in charge or whatever they call it up there. And, um, and he escaped when being investigated by Marty Rathbun um, about, a ye about uh, a two years before this. So in, in mid-2004-ish, is when he escaped. And then I escaped in January of 2005. Um, so, and that's a key point to realize is that Eric Geisler and myself both worked at the international headquarters. This woman, Kirsten, she didn't, she doesn't work there. She doesn't know what goes on there. She doesn't know all the dirty, uh, dirty dealings that David Miscavige up, uh, has going on up there. So anything that anybody tells her, she doesn't know if that's real or not. Um, and so he was, um, he played nice with them, even though he escaped, they got him to come back. So he was recovered. He was blown and then he was recovered. And when he was recovered, they had him do a bunch of, in, they uh, did a bunch of interrogations and stuff with him. And they told him that if he played by their rules, they wouldn't declare him a suppressive person. And so he did all this inter all these interrogations and he did all this stuff. And then they just declared him a suppressive anyway. And then he just said, okay, forget it. I'm out of here. Here and he left again. And, um, and so now this, they're pulling him in. Um, he has been declared and he's not allowed to talk to his mom and he's hanging out with all these other, uh, people that have been declared a suppressive. And so, um, she's sort of getting him to come in and, and what, what, what's going on? What's happening? Okay. So I had Eric come in to see me today and go over his exact present time scene related to his request for a committee of evidence and then to confront him with the data on Mark 
and ask what should be done about this. So in order for him to get this committee of evidence so that he can be undeclared a suppressive person, he has to sort of play nice with Osa because otherwise they're not going to let him talk to his mother ever again or his brother or whoever he knew in Scientology. Okay. Um, I had him first tell me all his PT connections. That just means present time. I don't know why she has a fascination with using this bizarre lingo in this when she could just say connections. Um, personal work and finance wise. He is working mostly with Blank on Hallmark movies that they make for TV. He is dealing with Blank regarding the funds owed from Blank. Claire just did the refinancing on his house. That's my wife, Claire. Um, Claire just did the refinancing on his house, which he said is done now, and speaks to Mark occasionally. Details below. He is otherwise in calm. That just means in communication. He is otherwise in communication with Matt, Suzette, Adam, and he saw Gabrielle brief briefly recently as he did some work for her brother on a DVD the brother was producing. Eric said that Matt, Suzette, Adam, and Gabrielle all talk about wanting to get through their steps and back in good standing. Okay, so now this is a thing where if you're declared a suppressive and you're out in the world, you can't talk to anybody in Scientology unless you get back into good standing. And Scientology requires that you do certain steps, and they're actually labeled steps A through E, and you have to admit that you are being bad, you have to pay them all the money for your freeloader debt, any training or any counseling you did in Scientology, you have to pay for that, even though it's on-the-job training and that's illegal. Um, you pay them for that, and then you have to do what's called an amends project or, or, or different amends cycles or, or actions. And once, that, um, once all that's done, then Scientology may or may not let you go back in. Depends on how bad you were and how much you messed them up. But um, so Eric is saying that all these people are trying to get back in good standing, which may or may not be true. I don't know about any of this. He said he has no business or financial ties with any other declared SPs in present time. I then R factored him. That just means to tell somebody like, this is the deal. Um, it's a reality factor, um, giving them the reality, which is hap which they're involved in right now. Scientology is going to tell you, Hey, just so you know, this is reality. Um, they're going to give you a, and, that, and that's called an R factor. This is a real thing. I then R factored him that there is a serious situation with Mark. He is doing extremely in theta postings and we know it's him. I made it very clear that these postings are not someone dramatizing being upset with the church. This is an outright attack. Eric said he got it. He had no idea that, but that he had been distancing himself from Mark ever since he hooked up with blank explained below. I asked him what should be done about this. At first, he said he didn't know. He asked me a few questions such as when the posting started. I told him mid-February. Then he immediately said this made sense, as this is when Mark lost his main job and connected up more with Blank. Eric explained that Blank had been working at Blank Productions and got Mark a job there as a personal assistant. Um, that's not exactly true, but, um, I was the post-production coordinator at this company and, um, I sort of was like a liaison between the visual effects, uh, visual effects, uh, coordinator between the visual effects area and the post-production area. And I coordinated what shots were coming in and out and what we had to do. 
Concurrently, Eric was working on setting up Blank Studios and had gotten involved with, and Blank had gotten involved with this around January 2006, doing an initial investment of 10,000 and then getting involved in the logistics work and setting up the physical spaces for the studio. Then in early to mid-February, Mark was let off at Blank along with about 20 five other people. Yeah, they closed down the visual effects uh, department and they outsourced it to, um, I want to say Vietnam or Indonesia, somewhere, uh, some other uh, country where they could get the shots uh, done a lot cheaper. Eric had Mark come over to blank to help on logistics work there as he needed work. He put Mark over the work blank was doing. At this time, Eric was paying blank 15 an hour. Within short order, blank racked up all sorts of debts on his personal credit cards doing work for blank, but with no prior financial approval. And Mark also increased blank's pay to 40 an hour with no financial gain. Now, this is completely randomly incorrect. And I'm pretty sure Eric is sort of trying to cover his rack. His tracks because he was the one who had hired me and this other person, and he was the one telling us how much we were getting paid. And I think he's trying to throw that all on me, even though I actually was working for the other guy, not the other way around. But regardless, the Eric is um, Eric is in a weird position because he basically has to say that he's not involved with us, even though he's fully involved with us. And we see him all the time and we're working with and for him on different things. So he is, he's trying to set this up. Like he doesn't really know what's going on, but he's the one we're directly dealing with. And he is at the same time saying he's not, he doesn't know anything that uh, what we're doing. So he's in a little bit of a tricky and he's, uh, very loose with the facts. Um, okay. With no prior, uh, it was also demanding to become part owner of blank at the same time. Okay. All this caused upset with Eric and the WOG partners, Patrick, John, and Sean. And they said blank had to go. They confronted blank and let him go. Eric told Mark that there was no more work for him to do. Blank was upset with Eric about this at the time. And the legal handling ensued where blank's attorney, um, is dealing with blank with settling the dispute is demanding 43,000 in which Eric and his partners are considering paying to get blank off their lines. Eric also said that blank is at least a hundred thousand dollars in debt and rolling his credit cards over and over to keep up. Eric speaks with blank periodically regarding the 43,000 and blank occasionally makes jabs at Scientology or related top topics in these calls. Most recent being last week, he said that MI3 had done terrible in the box office. I love that. That's a jab at Scientology, that MI3. Anyway, I don't know if any of this actually occurred or if Eric's just all making it up. And since it didn't really directly have to do with me, I'm not sure about any of this. This could just be Eric kind of trying to build himself up as somebody that they can make deals with so he can talk to his mom again. Then in March, Blank told Eric that he and Mark were now doing this company called Blank together. Specifically, he and Mark were doing work on various Blank jobs, company where Blank works. Eric also learned around this time that they were also doing something with markets together. Other datums. Eric has known Mark since they were 11 years old. This is true. Their families know each other, and Eric knows Mark's family quite well, though he has not been in calm with them in years, just means in communication with. 
Eric set up with Blank Productions for Mark to continue receiving medical benefits, although he is still an employee of Blank, although he is not working for them. Mark pays some nominal amount to Blank, and they keep him on their insurance as an employee. Eric has fully made all that up, and um, and whatever um, was set up was set up with me and the company. Eric had nothing to do with it whatsoever. Um, The house that Mark and Claire are living in was arranged for them through Eric and belongs to one of Eric's WOG partners, Sean. Also not true. We did stay there, but Eric had nothing to do with setting it up. Actually, we had asked Eric if he could ask the guy and he just never would ask the guy. So finally, I just called him and said, hey, dude, I heard you got a place for rent. And then he was like, yeah, I've been trying to get somebody in it forever. I've been, yeah, I've been trying to ask Eric to ask you if we can rent it for six months and he just can't make a phone call. So, um, so this is the weird thing because Eric's trying to say that he's not involved with us, but now he's setting up all this stuff and helping me every single chance he gets. So this is a very weird, um, report because Eric's trying to distance in the very beginning. He's like distancing himself saying he has no financial arrangements or businesses with any SPs. But meanwhile, he's working with us two, two or two to seven SPs on a full-time basis. Okay. Uh, two days ago, Eric went over to the Headley house to sign the final papers for the refinancing of his home. And Mark was there in the middle of the day. He said he has gone over there a few times in the last month. And Mark is always there, which added to his suspicion about how Mark is making money. Eric said that Suzette mentioned the same thing to him about 10 days ago, being concerned about how he makes his money. They noted that he just recently purchased a second car, an SUV. Mark and Eric have been in calm on and off over recent months as Eric has had to ask Mark questions about work he earlier did at blank. Totally not true. And also said Mark will call him if there is a job he's doing that might involve work Eric would know how to do. Also completely untrue. Eric doesn't know how to do anything that I do. And, um, and he would call me about those things because that's my specialty. Eric said that he has turned down these since getting Mark and blank out of blank, but Mark continues to call. Yeah. This is the funny part. We would go out, um, partying and hanging out and doing stuff and eat at least once a week, maybe every other week. And, um, and he would come to my house all the time. So it's funny that he's kind of like, I do all this, but I never see Mark. When Eric saw Blank briefly at NAB three weeks ago, he, Blank, mentioned being in calm with Janice and Paul Grady. He didn't state why. Um, these are just two other uh, um, suppressive persons at the time. Um, they also used to work at the international headquarters. Eric repeated that he that going into business with blank was a huge mistake and wishes he had never done. He added that he feels partly responsible for what Mark is doing now, attacking, as he contributed to getting him and blank more connected up. He is sure blank had something to do with pushing Mark into what he is doing, as he recalled Mark saying much earlier that blank tracked them, Mark and Claire, down in Kansas to ask about blank. Eric said he didn't give much details, but at the time, Mark said this really freaked them out, and they both thought it was that blank was off the rails. I repeated my question of what are we going to do to handle him? Eric originated almost immediately that he feels at least three of them should go and confront Mark and try to get him to knock it off. 
He said he, it should be him, Matt, and Suzette. I said the idea sounded okay, but not Suzette, as she still lives near them, which could put her in a really bad position. Um, when she says lives near us, she was living in our guest house. She wasn't living near us. She was living in the on the same property in a house about 20 feet away from uh, my back door. Um, I said the idea sounded okay, but Sus not Suzette because she still lives near them, which could put her in a really bad position. I told him I have been working to get her out of there. And he said that she also told him that she really does want to move. Eric and Adam could easily possibly do it with them. Eric said Adam could possibly do it with them. I act this. That just means acknowledged. I act this and asked what his idea was on how to do this. He said that they would obviously all need to be briefed first here so that they knew what they were talking about and had a plan. He then said they should see Mark alone. I asked her why not with Claire and he said he said he doesn't think even with three people backing her up that she would side against or stand up against something Mark was doing no matter what the circumstances. He didn't think she was in on what he was doing, at least not knowingly, but he doesn't believe she would be able to confront him and get him to stop even if he didn't want to. I told him that this is a problem that he needs to think about as Claire has to be dealt with as part of this. He agreed and said she and said he would think about what to do on that. So just let's just take a step back. So this guy who's known me since I'm 11 and he, and Claire literally just did a refinancing for him on his house. He he needed to refinance his, his house and she did that for him. She was a real estate agent in California um, and she had just gotten her license. And the first person she helped was him. And now he is meeting with Scientology's spy wing on how they're going to stop us from exposing Scientology's crimes on the Internet. Okay, uh, he then told me that Mark is having a birthday this Saturday. He received an email invite from Claire and a phone call from her to make sure he was coming. I told him maybe he shouldn't go. He thought about this and then said he actually wanted to go, especially now in light of what he knows. He wants to watch Mark carefully, look around the house, see who else is there, etc., and see if he can observe anything that might help figure out how to handle him. I cannot wait to show you the pictures of this birthday party where Eric is watching me very carefully and looking around the house. <laughs> I told him I would leave this up to him, but he needed to keep our comm cycle to himself. Our, that just means communications um, to himself as this whole situation whole situation is just n theta and theta means it's a scientology bullshit word that means interbulated theta so it just means um it really n theta means anybody who says anything bad about scientology that's n theta he said that he would the last thing i did with him was get him to tell me the various points of natter and BPR, that's black PR, he has heard from Mark and or contributed to. In Scientology, they have a thing 
where you can't handle someone unless you find out what the the black propaganda that they're spreading. You have to find out where they heard that from and then trace it all the way back to the very first person who originated this black PR, this uh, propaganda about Scientology. Um, the funny thing about this is, is it was just me telling stories of what David Miscavige had done at the Imp Base after Eric had left. Eric was there for, you know, probably 10 of the 15 years I was, maybe even more. And he'd only escaped a year earlier. So he knew all these things that I was talking about were 100% true. And in this, he's kind of playing like, oh, yeah, I had no idea. Um, okay, so he said the following. His gold story, as Mark calls it which I never called it a gold story, um, which is the description of the incident where he says COB beat the crap out of him and said that Mark will tell this story at the drop of a hat whenever gold is mentioned. Eric said the first time that he heard this was right after Mark blew, and he told Eric the things that had gotten so bad that he had to leave. Eric asked what was so bad about it, and Mark told him the above story. See, this is all bullshit because Eric was there when all these things were happening, so he knew about all these things. Mark has nattered about being falsely accused of selling the projectors on eBay with no okay and stealing money. He says that he didn't steal anything. That's true. I didn't. That he had to sleep in the Int trailers and no one could go could go home, CMO, Int staff, and gold execs. Yeah, this is the hole. This is the story of when the hole at the Int base was being uh, formated, uh, formulated, when people were being made to sleep in this office building and could never leave day after day and night after night. And, um, and now everybody knows about the hole. So good job there, Kirsten. That Lisa Schroer, when CO Gold, had the gold execs play musical chairs and that whoever was left standing was going to be offloaded. Yeah, this is all bullshit because uh, David Miscavige is the one who played the game and Lisa Schroer was the one who won the game and stayed. So another where I this may have been told correctly by Eric, but because Kirsten is sending this report to RTC, she kind of has to move, move the players and the pieces around to make it look like she doesn't know the truth about David Miscavige. Um, it took some TR3. TR3 just means when you repeat asking the question until you get an answer to the question. It took some TR3 to get him to tell me the above. He was squirming in his chair and turned quite red in the face. I asked what he did when Mark was saying the above crap, and he said that he asked more questions, in some cases to get more details, and never once tried to get him to stop. He said he could see that he has contributed to the situation that we have now by doing that. I told him he was correct on that, but he can now do something to help handle this guy and the situation, which would be very relevant to handling his situation with the church. Now they're talking about Eric. So this is where Eric has to be like, oh yeah, no, I listen to all the stories and then I join in and I give all my examples of, all, of Dave Miscavige beating people up. He now has to turn that around to be like, I can see how this was out ethics that I let Mark say these things and didn't call him on them. Um, and now, because he wants to be able to talk to his mom and his brother and all the people in Scientology that he still likes and wants to be friends with. And um, so he has to play the game. He said that he could see this and was very interested in taking responsibility for this and handling it. He said that this that he would never be involved in an attack on the church and wants very much to get back in good standing. He said that he doesn't know 
what he wants to do in Scientology in the future. Nothing. He's never done anything uh, in the future, but doesn't want to do anything that would shut it off for him. I act him on that and told him I would think about what we had gone over and get back to him, get back with him in a day or so. Okay, so now she knows Eric's on board. He's going to be a spy and that he'll do whatever he needs to do to 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 work with her and spy for her as long as the him getting able being able to talk with his family again is one of the results of him doing that. Based on the above, I propose the following. I debrief Eric on Sunday regarding the birthday and tell him to plan to come in on Monday to meet with Adam and Matt. I contact Adam and Matt Sunday to get them rounded up and into OSA int along with Eric on Monday or as soon as Adam can get down here. Adam lived in San Francisco and then get them briefed up their plan finalized and get them out to confront Mark. They will be briefed and their plan of attack will be done as part of as per the submitted plan. Ooh, on Claire. I propose to get the Mark confrontation done first and then work out exactly how to get her approached and dealt with separately based on how it goes with Mark. This is okay. Much love, Kirsten. Okay. So this document, I mean, really at the end of the day, um, this is the beginning of them getting, they've already talked to all these people and they're just getting their information. But now they're like, okay, we know that it's, we, uh, you know, up pretty much up until the, these last few documents, they didn't know who this blown for good guy was that was posting on the internet. Now they're very certain that the blown for good, the identity of blown for good is myself, Mark Headley. And now they got to set people up in my camp to give them as much information as possible so they can figure out how to shut me down and shut me up. And they're going to let all of Adam, this guy, Adam, really the only people that I know um, in this document that were 100% compromised was Adam, who was allowed to speak with his uh, Scientology um, relatives and, and family, and Eric. Eric and Adam were both allowed to speak with their families after these series of documents. So, um, and the funniest thing of all is that um, the Eric guy at one point when I, I suspected that he was a spy many times and I called him on it every single time. Like, dude, are you, who, do, how does this work? He told me that he had Tommy Davis on speed dial and then he could call him whenever he wanted. And Tommy Davis was another, uh, he was acting as sort of the, the international spokesperson for Scientology in the 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009 kind of period. Um, and then he himself also escaped from Scientology and now has nothing to do with it, but he doesn't go against them. He's still on the payroll, so to speak. He still um, plays nice with Scientology, but, uh, but he doesn't, he's not in the Sea Org. He doesn't work there. He divorced his Scientologist wife and found a new non-Scientologist uh, married. And I'm, I'm pretty sure they have a kid or I don't know, but they live in another country and he has uh, uh, erased Scientology from his, uh, his world. But um, 
Yeah, the 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 next few documents. My birthday is four days from this document, and um, and so they're meeting during the week. This is like you know I don't know what the day is, but they're meeting they're meeting like on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and on Saturday is the birthday party. So um, this is where it starts to get really crazy. And that I've, the fact that I have so many photos from that party also makes this amazing because we're going to be able to put faces with, with all of these names um, that we've been talking about in these files, especially Eric. And the photos that I have of Eric are amazing when you try to match this conversation up with what he's going to do at the party. It's going to be otherworldly. Anyway, so that's the video for today. That's the document for today. We're going to try to get uh, get to do these more often and more frequently. I know we've been doing everything else and every other video we can think of, but um, but we're gonna we're gonna get back into doing these spy files as a regular thing. I promise. I, I tr I'm going to really try at least. And um, and yeah. So thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Until next time.